happy 2022. We are your cheery purveyors of everything from the Airmail universe. I'm Ashley Baker. And I am Michael Haney. And we are two of the deputy editors here at Airmail. And we, it's like I'm already doing the thing where I'm writing the wrong date in my checkbook. Although no one writes it in a checkbook anymore because everyone Venmo's money, but still. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. Right, Ashley? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to be calling this year like 2019, at least until October, but I'm fine with that. We've basically been Rip Van Winkled for the last two years anyway. So whether it's 19, 20, 21, 22, I don't know. It's January. We're so thrilled to have you with us here. We have actually a lot of great stuff coming up at Airmail. We've been working hard over the break, sort of, kind of hard, right, Michael? Just to make sure that we're on top of everything that's happening in 2022. And we have our illustrious co-editors, Graydon Carter and Alessandra Stanley, who are going to be here today on the show to help break down the stories we should be thinking about as we approach this new year. Exactly. Got a few things, a nice list we've got this week by John Ficarra about remembering the people for phrases and things that left us in 2021 that we can bid adieu to, one of which is the last remaining teeny tiny shreds of Kevin McCarthy's integrity and Andrew Cuomo's notion to rehabilitate his image with a primetime one-on-one interview with his brother Chris. So a couple good ones there. And for the rest, they're in the issue. A good way. I always like to start my new year with a list because usually it's a list of what I'm going to do my resolutions. Now I can just read someone else's list and say, that's funny. Good to go. Wait, you don't have any resolutions? I do. Are you going to share them with us? Didn't that long pause tell you, oh boy, if I say I've got them, now I know Ash is going to say, hey, Mike, come on and share them. Yeah, dude. I mean, come on. I'm offended now. Pony up. We're ready. Give us one. Give us something to chew on all week. What's on your resolutions list for 22. Nice pivot. Okay, fine. I'll share. See how I deflected that? Totally. This is Michael's way of saying you're not getting anything from me today, people. I'll tell you, I have one resolution and one resolution only because I can't keep more than that. But my goal at nine o'clock every night, I'm going to plug my phone in in a different room, not my bedroom, and I'm going to try to leave it there instead of like scrolling mindlessly through the Gram or the New York Times or the Daily Mail or the Times of London at 10 o'clock at night. I think that's good. And you know, someone recently gave me the sort of way to think about that. If you've ever been in pubs in London, you're familiar with the phrase, gentlemen, last call, last call, gentlemen, which usually come because pubs traditionally close at 11. So, Michael, it's not just in London. That's every bar in America, too. But OK, go ahead. I'm not in New York. Bars in New York don't close at 11. In the UK, they always say, time, gentlemen, time. And that's just a sort of the signal that like it's over, right? And I think you should train your mind and now to think like at nine o'clock time to put it down and then you just put it down and go plug it in somewhere else and to pick up the analog, pick up the print book or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, yeah, that, that's what I'm going to try to do to try to wake my, make my way through more novels. Indulge my inner Julia Vitale, our books editor, who is always plowing through all the great new stuff. And I'm just like reading something that's four months old. But so that's one resolution. Then I have another one that's not really a resolution. It's just more of an objective, which is that I want to go somewhere in the world that I've never been to before, because that hasn't happened for me for about three years. (laughs) So COVID be damned, frankly, like I am going to get out there and see something new this year. So... I'll keep you apprised of my progress. Well, look, dear listeners, we still have plenty of ways to keep you entertained. This issue of Airmail is chock full of revelation. Uh, Should we start with the new David Bowie album? And I know you might be thinking, what? New David Bowie album? The guy's dead. True. But that doesn't mean he can't keep releasing music. And we have the full story on that in this current issue of Airmail. Yeah, it's by David Yaffe. And it is a never-before-released album, which came out. It's called Toy. It's a 
number of songs which he was working on before he died. She's now more than five years ago. And it's got Bowie fans a buzz because these f- songs were left behind in a vault. And as I said, on the fifth anniversary of his death, we're being given more access to it. And it's an album that he recorded mostly in 2001, leaked on the internet in 2011, and now is a three-disc. Remember those. It's a three-disc reissue. When's the last time you bought a CD and what was the CD? The last time I bought a CD, it was probably like Joshua Tree by U2 or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> a little treat for Bowie fans and music lovers there. Surely we have something else we can talk about. You know what we can talk about, which is of note, I'm speaking of like the year ahead. We do have a very smart piece of reporting and analysis this week by Ian Bremmer. And it's about really how big tech is becoming big government. And many people like Scott Galloway and people have asked this question before. But as Ian Bremmer points out this week, Google and Facebook, Amazon, we've gone through 400 years where the world was ruled by nation states as the primary actors. All that's really starting to change. And if you wanted evidence of that, just look to what happened on January 6th when the riot served as the latest proof that these companies, Apple, Facebook, Google, and Twitter, were no longer merely large companies. They have taken control of aspects of society the economy, and national security that were long the exclusive preserve of the state. And he says, it's time to start thinking of the biggest tech companies as similar to nation states. They maintain foreign relations, they answer to constituencies, and if you want to understand how the struggle for geopolitical influence between tech and governments will play out, it's important to grasp the nature of these companies' power. They have critical advantages, one of which is primarily that they don't operate or wield power exclusively in the physical space. There's a new dimension to geopolitics, which is digital space, and they exercise the primary influence of that. Anyway, very smart story to take a look at as you move into 2022 and think about how the world is changing and what you should be prepared for. Yeah, it's like Elon Musk... Go ahead, design my car. Jeff Bezos, you're welcome to send me toilet paper any day of the week, but I don't want you guys knowing all this about my life and controlling so many of the decisions that individuals are making. And I think that's why there are so many calls now that these companies need much more regulation and they also need some trust busting needs to happen here because they're controlling so many different aspects of our consumer experience and also taking such a handle on our privacy. And that's really problematic on a lot of levels. So anyway, Scott Galloway is really the guy to talk to about this. We love Scott, but it's a very interesting moment for all of that, especially as once again, we find ourselves spending a lot more time at home and dealing and interfacing so much more with these various tech companies, right? Because it's our only connection to the outside world in some ways. But Michael, I'm kind of convinced that my phone is spying on me. Well, speaking of people who know and listen and can think and sort of forecast what you might need and be interested in, maybe it's time to bring on our guests this week. All right, Michael, we have Graydon Carter and Alessandra Stanley here to talk about the big stories or ideas that we are thinking about as we go into 2022. They are not only our co-editors of Airmail, but they are savants on pretty much everything. And we are so happy to have you. So thank you both for joining us. Oh, it's wonderful to be here. And Alessandra is the savant on everything, not me. Are you there, Alessandra? <laughs> I am the savant. I'm the idiot savant, but I am the yeah, savant. No, yes, you are a savant. Okay. I don't. I have no predictions. I just want Justice Breyer to return to retire, and that's my goal. I think that's a good plan. Me too, actually. Yeah, I actually, I think most people, I think most Americans, especially Americans, are just they're in a state for this Christmas. I think they want something different in the new year that they don't have, they haven't had this year. 
I think they feel alienated from the lunatic fringe on the left who are battling the culture wars, and they feel alienated from the proto-fascists on the far right. And I think most Americans are somewhere in between, and they just would like a return to whatever normal was before this. With uh, They'd like to be able to eat at restaurants without masks and, and have their vote count if you're in certain states and just not be talking about politics 24 uh, hours a day. I think that just people want to break from all of that because it's just, it's a quagmire out there. Well, we happen to have the remedy. Did you know that law and order, the original law and order is coming back in February and Sam Waterston will reprise his role as Jack McCoy? That's cool. A reason to live. More money for Dick Wolf. He's got about 800 shows on the air as it is. (laughs) I mean, usually these things are terrible. It's like Liz Taylor and Richard Burton getting back together again. Big mistake. But I can't help but hope that this will be great. Actually, there's a new season of The Righteous Gemstones, which is basically the trailer park version of Succession. I think it's really funny. And they've got their third season coming up. I think it starts in March. Then that's something to look forward to, too. Now, Graydon, the, the last quarter of this year has been focused, at least for a lot of us at Airmail, we've been looking at these trials that have been going on. Jesse Smollett, for instance, in Chicago, Elizabeth Holmes in Los Angeles, and of course, Gilan Maxwell here in New York. Do you have any predictions or views on how those are going to play out as we go into 2022? I think all three are guilty, will be found guilty. That's my guess. We're in a we're strange age of unaccountability. You know, some poor guy, you know, holds up a liquor store and gets 10 years. You know, large scale miscreants can, you know, hijack a billion dollars and get off scot-free, especially if they're, you know, involved with the past administrations. Well, yeah, I mean, this leads us right into Donald Trump and... and Does his- it? Okay, yeah. They're talking about high level miscreants, like who's higher level and more of a miscreant than that? Yes. Have you been at all surprised by how little or how much we've been hearing from him this year? Is there has there been anything that's surprised you at all that's come out from his camp? I mean, you know, I think it's just quietly uh, squirreling away money for, you know, that under the guise of uh, political uh, contributions. And it's going probably right into his pocket or his children's pockets. And, you know, if he comes back and I can't see him running again, I think he's too, too old. And I hope he doesn't run again. But but he is uh, he's stained the Republican Party. He's left a big stain in the country and it's going to take a while to to clean that up. Now, Graydon, you've talked a lot about the swings in American politics Mm -hmm. over the over the years. Where are we at right now in this cycle of swings back and forth? Well, you know, like nothing ever stays the same. So, you you know, the 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 people who were protesting the uh, the the uh, uh, at the 1968 Democratic Convention or protesting the war. 14 years later, they got yellow ties and suspenders and they're kings of Wall Street. I don't know where the, the it'll the shift will will go to. It could go to the far right or the far left, and I hope I'd rather be on the far left, although I don't even like that. But it it, it won't stay the same. It will not be the same. Uh, it'll be different now, uh, different 18 months from now than it is now. With that same sort of like long view that you both have um, looking at the culture and society, is there a scandal that you foresee that you would not be surprised by coming down the road? I think, you know, there's so many other, it's, it's hard to know. I mean, it's hard to predict scandals. And like Elizabeth Holmes, I remember meeting her out in, in San Francisco and I was completely, I thought, okay, this woman's a, she's a, she's brilliant entrepreneur. And I, you know, I completely taken in, didn't realize she was a grifter. So you, you don't know who, who they, and look at, you know, Adam Newman. I love Adam. I mean, he's just that, I wish he had gone to trial. That would have been wonderful to watch. Well, we have the movie coming up, right? We do. I know. Goodness. Do you think there'll be a Trump indictment? There should be. 
there should be many of them. People should go to jail. You know, it, it's after the, the, the savings and loan uh, crash in the early 90s, you know, 900 bankers went to jail. And nobody seems to go to jail right now. I mean, how can you, uh, a president's lawyer go to jail uh, acting on orders from the president and the president doesn't go to jail? Alessandra, we have to get your insight into some of the stuff that's happening internationally. What's happening in Russia right now and why should we care? You know, you don't really want World War II reenacted next year. Uh, but Putin, you know, is threatening to invade Ukraine. So... I don't know what they can do to stop him because, you know, it turns out that Biden threatened sanctions and sanctions. They've now sanction proof their economy. So I don't don't know what's going to happen, but it's not good. It's not good. It's really not good. But things the good. okay, but it's fair because things are bad everywhere, not just not just in Europe. But that's that's the one that I think is most worrisome because it's so stupid and needless and scary because what are we going to do? It's not I mean, Ukraine's not a NATO country, but it but it kind of wants to be. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what we do or don't do. I mean, I you know I lived in Russia, so I think of Ukraine as part of Russia, but that's that's old think. It isn't it isn't Russia's to, to invade. Put it that way. All right, we're just going to do a lightning round of a couple other countries that you know we cover extensively in airmail. Boris Johnson, the UK, is this guy going down? He he lies like Trump in a certain way, but he's got such a Teflon of of charm and and goodwill around him that I think he'll survive, although it's going to be it's going to be uh, tenuous. And he, he somehow he just he's the escape artist. He just he's he's got all his entire party is like threatening to vote against him right now. But I have a feeling he'll he'll wiggle out of it and survive. Charm takes you very far. In his case, it does. And what about France? We've got another round of elections coming up and some ridiculous characters, especially on the far right. Well, for, I, lo- I happen to love Macron. And I, the fact that he called Boris Johnson a clown, which <laughs> world leaders don't, don't generally do that. He gave a speech yesterday that he's very humble about. He said he was too high handed when he took first took office. I think his wife is marvelous. And the fact is he, after Angela Merkel, he'll probably emerge as the the single driving force in Europe. What do you think, Graydon? Are, are privacy issues top of mind for you? And Alessandra, do you have a view on this too? You know, the, the fact that the notion that these big tech firms have so much of our information and are collecting more and more despite a lack of regulation or perhaps because of it. It started in Europe, but it does feel like we're in a moment where people are pushing back on that. And even I have noticed that you know, I get to pick whichever cookies I want. I mean, I think there will be regulation on that at some point, and it won't just be because Democrats want it. It's it's, it's going to become a different standard around the world, and you're already seeing it in Europe. So I agree. I agree with that. Now, also, they pretend they're not publishers; but they are publishers, and and in the way that they they may not always pay for content, but they publish content in the same way that newspapers do, in a strange way, and newspapers are liable for what they publish. And I think these platforms should be as well. I also think to and to clear things up and make the world a much better place, you have to have a, a license to have a dog in some cities. You should have a license to have a a, a a presence on the internet. So there should you should have to get a an internet passport that says who you are, and you cannot have an alias. It's only this official name, and it's your name. And so if you make a comment. It's your comment and it's registered to you, not some like, you know, alias you've made up. All right. Well, Green and Alessandra, is there anything else you'd like to touch on that we have not discussed so far? No, you guys did so well. We're so looking forward to seeing you guys again after the new year. We can't wait. If we ever do. Okay. We will. 
always good to spend time with those two, Michael. Always funny, always illuminating. I think it's good that we had them on and, and they told us the stories that they're sort of keeping an eye on for 2022 because now you and I have an inside track on pitching stories and looking really smart because no one else on staff will hear this episode. Yes. Oh, good. Okay, perfect. And you and I know what the bosses are looking for now, so we can just, you know. That's really our main objective in everything, isn't it? It's like, how do we look smart at work? All right, Michael, before we head on off into this blustery, frustrating, crazy town first week of January, please recommend something to make it all easier. Okay, I'm going to go with two non-pop culture things just because I think like you're coming out of the holidays and you've got all this stuff. I'm sure you got enough to wade through. But I had two things. One comes out of the issue and it comes, you were talking earlier about travel and it made me think, oh yeah, there are some things I'd like to aspire to. And we have a fun list this week, six epic train trips you need to take in 2022. And they're all based in Europe. And the advantage here is train travel is the new way to travel and have a lower carbon footprint. And if you're like me, you've thought in the past, I'd love to take that Venice Orient Express train. Well, I looked into it. It's sold out for all of next year. But as our columnist points out, there's an easily booked alternative route to Santa Lucia Station that's cheaper and he says more romantic. And my other thing, it's a small thing that ties into a thing I love, birds. And it comes courtesy of the great gentleman you just mentioned, the man I call Inspector Gadget, Jonathan Margulis, who writes our tech and gear com. But there's a new bird feeder. It's called mybirdbuddy.com. It sells for $200. And what's cool about it, and it won a CAES Innovation Award, is it comes equipped with a high-resolution camera and microphone. So as a bird lands, the bird buddy will alert you on your phone, identify it species using software, and then photograph it and record it and send you photos and sounds. And we'll even send you a notification when it's low on bird seed. So I thought we need to take care of our bird friends, especially now during the winter, but and there's nothing like a bird feeder to bring some friendly faces into your life and to make you happy when you got to stare out the window in these work from home days when you're looking for a little bit of beauty. Well, I have to talk to you about something really important. Is it about New Year's resolutions? Because I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> no, it's about licorice pizza. Have you seen it? I have seen it because you know I'm the number one Heim fan. Like I live and die by Heim. Okay, I can already tell you don't like it. Well, okay, so here's the issue that I had with it. It's beautifully shot. Like nobody can dapple someone in moonlight quite like Paul Thomas Anderson. But I did find that the central conceit of the film didn't hold up for me, which is for those who have seen it, the central conceit of this movie is it's a love story between a 15 year old boy and a 25 plus year old woman who's played by Alana Haim. That just doesn't jive with me. Like love is complicated and messy and who can explain it? Who can tell you why? But like she's magnetic. She pulls the film forward. She's the real star here. But to me, the rest of it, like some of the scenes were kind of throwaway and forgettable. Like they were sort of cute and interesting, but it was too long. And I just uh, fundamentally, I just didn't buy the fact that she was in love with this guy. Like what 25 year old woman do you know that's in love with a teenager? Someone who's in jail, Michael. Okay. There's the old suspension of disbelief here. And I think like it's a little bit like Harold and Maude, right? Is it really 
a carnal relationship or more of like two lonely, misadjusted souls trying to find a connection in this crazy world. And I kind of went with that. I didn't think it was ever going to lead to this sexual relationship, but I felt like they both were misfits and finding companionship in the world. So I went with that version of it. I agree with you. It could probably lose about 20 minutes and I'd be happy to tell people where after they see it, where I would cut it. I feel like it took a, literally starts with a bang with an M80 and a toilet, 1973 all over again. But it sort of, once it got to her working for that guy running for mayor, took a strange detour, but Bradley Cooper, come on, amazing. I would watch a whole movie, as I said, about that guy. But I think I also loved how he just captured, as I said, misfits falling in love. And I was talking about with Brooke, and like, he's got all these scenes of them running. And Brooke said something I thought was really lovely. She loved that, what he was doing there, because that was adolescence. She seemed to always be running somewhere, because you didn't have a car. Even your bike was broken, but you always were running to get to your friend's house, so you get somewhere else. So, look, I think it's more original and inventive than most of the other things out there. So still way, way easy to recommend that film, right? Yes, it is very easy to recommend that film. It's true. It's just there's a lot to talk about with it. And I think one of the things PTA does so well, I can't believe I'm calling him PTA. Like, sorry, everyone. He takes you into these worlds. It just reminded me once again that the reason we go to movies is to experience this type of escapism and immersion in a different place in time. And he does that incredibly well in this movie. So for those who feel like the current moment is a bit too much to take, just go live in Paul's world for a few hours. You won't regret it. Exactly. Okay, great. Michael, on that note, we want to thank everyone for joining us. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It would mean a lot to us. Even if you just like us, we can take it. We're strong, we promise. And thank you again for joining us. We'll be back here next week with another episode of Morning Meeting. And Michael, will you please read us out? I will. And I wish everyone, both of us wish you all a great 2022 and that it's all wonderful from here on out. Morning Meeting is produced by Airplay Productions and edited by Jesse Cannon. Our co-editors are Graydon Carter and Alessandra Stanley. Our chief operating officer is Bill Keenan, and our deputy editors are Nathan King, Julie Vitale, and Chris Garrett. Our CMO is Emily Davis, and our music supervisor is Randall Poster. The theme music is The Cute Monster by the Buddy Colette Quintet. A new edition of Airmail is published every Saturday, so please do subscribe and enjoy all of our stories on airmail.news, which we update every day. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Airmail Weekly. We'll be back here next Saturday with another edition of Morning Meaning. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe at Apple Music or Spotify. But most of all, thanks for joining us.